Well, today I want to talk to you about three things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. So you ready? Yeah. Not the only things, but three things. Three great things. And as I share this today, what I want you to do is to lean in and believe that as I'm speaking, that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is coming and is doing a profound work in your life. Revelation is coming to you. Shifts are coming to you. God's doing a profound work. See, it's all about faith. Faith apprehends what the, the, the word of the Lord promises. And so as I'm sharing these things, I want you in your heart to say, that's mine. That's my reality. I'll take that today. I'll have a double portion of that today. Is there anyone like that today? See, uh, here's the thing. You can never approach the word of God without the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the one that makes it come alive to us. So there's one, there's one thing for me to be anointed, and I'm anointed today, just in case you wondered. But there's another thing to be an anointed listener, to press in, to, to say, Holy Spirit, all these things that are being shared, you've got to come and make that a reality in my heart. I mix my faith with your ability, and I want you to quicken the word of the Lord to my heart today. Amen? Amen. So can you do that? Passion and enthusiasm are great keys in the kingdom. Passion's more important than perseverance. Passion and enthusiasm is what gives you perseverance. The first point today is the Holy Spirit comes to live inside us. That's it. You go, well, is that just hype? No, no, no. God responds to passion and enthusiasm. David danced with all his might before the Lord and his wife despised him. But David knew that when we open our heart to the Lord with passion and enthusiasm, God meets us because he's a passionate God. He's a passionate lover. So see, if I was to tell my wife today, I love you, darling, and I've just bought you a new, a new house. And she sat there and just looked at me and said... It's like, really? I'd expect her to get excited and enthusiastic. Amen. Or else I'd think I'd marry the wrong woman. And so God comes and he speaks profound revelation to us. And sometimes we miss it because we think we've heard it before. But here's the thing. If it's what you hear is not mixed with faith, you never heard it. That's what the Bible says. It didn't profit them in the Old Testament because the word wasn't mixed with faith. What's faith spelt like? It's spelt with this, P-A-S-S-I-O-N. Faith. And so if we don't create an atmosphere of enthusiasm and excitement and passion... It hinders the work of the Spirit to bring revelation to our life. Holy Spirit dwells in me. Ezekiel 36, 26. A new heart I will give you. Thank you. And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will put my spirit in you. It's a twofold blessing that Ezekiel prophesies over every believer. He says... God's going to put inside you a brand new, spanking, lovely, crystal clean spirit. He takes out the old and he places a brand new spirit inside you. And he says, not only will I do that, but after I put a new spirit in you, Chloe, then the Holy Spirit says, now that there's a new spirit, I am going to come and live inside you. Wow. That is a profound thought that once we were dead and lost in our sin, and by the sacrifice of Jesus, by faith we took his sacrifice for us. And that was an open invitation upon the blood of Jesus upon our life and, and our acceptance and our faith in him for the Holy Spirit to come and regenerate us and put a brand new spirit inside us. And then the Holy Spirit says, now I can come and live in you. Yeah. For God to dwell in us, he must have a habitation, a temple. 
So before God could come upon Adam, he made a body, obviously, and, and, and then he breathed in him. God created the body for Adam, and then he came. It's the way God works. He creates something to dwell in, and then he moves in. In Israel, for God to be with the people, he created the tabernacle, and then he comes and he moves in. God's put a new spirit in us. He says, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So he puts a spirit in us. He's, he renews us. He creates a tabernacle. And then he says, now I'll come and I'll fill that tabernacle. Yeah. And that's what he did with you. He created a new spirit within you. Why am I saying that? Because to fellowship with Holy Spirit, you've got to look inside. Within our innermost being, there is this tabernacle where the Spirit of God has come to live. This is profound. Because my conviction is most of us spend most of our time unaware that deep within us, Holy Spirit has come to live. And we're looking, see the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation, looking out there, but the kingdom of God is within you. And so we have to learn how to dial inside, deep into our spirit, to connect with and to talk to and to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This is why many Christians say, my faith, my Christianity doesn't work. Because you know why? Because the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. You're looking for God in all the wrong places. He's created a tabernacle and he's come to live inside you. And you're trying to draw from sources where the Holy Spirit doesn't live. See, the Bible teaches us wherever God dwells, he hides himself. Wherever you, if you want to find, find God, you look for him in the hidden places. God hides himself in nature. Romans tells us that. But many people walk through the, through the hills. They go on long walks. They go to Hawaii. They go to all the wonderful places of the world. But they don't find God there because he's hidden himself in nature. He hid himself when he appeared to the Old Testament saints. So, so it was after the event that the patriarch said, God is in this place. And I didn't know it. Yeah. Jesus came to reveal God and even his own disciples didn't recognize him. Have I been with you this long? Because they said, show us a father and, 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 uh, and we'll believe. He's like, really? I've been with you three years. And he asked me after three years to show me the father. Yeah. It's like, can't you see? Because God dwells in the hidden places. So deeper than the soul, the mind, the will, the intellect, in the depths of our spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. And he is recognized by faith. Yeah. Even when I can't see him, even when I can't recognize him at work in my life, I must believe that in my spirit, dwells the Holy Spirit yeah. by faith. Amen. That as I look inside myself, I be, I, by faith I say, my body is the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I am a carrier of the presence of God. Yeah. He has recreated my spirit, and in my spirit dwells the Holy Spirit yeah. in His fullness. What a profound thought. In writing to the Corinthians, Paul said to the most weakest, unfaithful believers, anyone, don't put your hands up, but you may feel like you're the most disqualified. You might feel like you've blown it this week. You may feel like you've done this, this, and this, and this, and this. And the enemy's kept all these records of how you've blown it all week. 
We've all blown it this week. Is anyone that hasn't blown it this week? Please put your hand up. I've blown it this week. I went to the football yesterday and I yelled at the umpire. I wasn't taken out. There was one man that was taken out, but I, I yelled nice things. I just, just encouraged him to get new glasses. We've all blown it. We've all had our stuff to deal with. I got home and it was really funny, just as a, as a segue. I looked at my watch and it, it was quite worried. I have an Apple watch and it said to me, warning, warning, you've been stationary for X amount of minutes, but your heart rate was 100 and whatever beats per minute. You know, that's, that's a sign that you could be having you know, a heart attack, but it wasn't. It was my anxiety levels were up because I was sitting there watching my football team lose. We can all blow it. But Paul says to the weakest, most unfaithful believers, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It's a profound thought, isn't it, to think that God would come and dwell in us. That he's made his home in us. And so I need to meditate on this thought, and it would do you good this week and every week to do this, to meditate on the thought that Holy Spirit has come to make his home in my heart. To confess that each day, I carry Holy Spirit in my life. The devil wants you to confess a whole lot of stuff about how you've blown it, how you're not anointed, how God's, he wants to use everyone but you. But here's the truth. Do you not know, Paul says, that you today carry the Holy Spirit inside you? And it's our faith in acknowledging the truth of God's word that activates all that God has for us. And the more we acknowledge the Holy Spirit lives in me, the more awareness we have, the more we begin to partner with him, the more we begin to hear his voice and understand him. The reason many of us don't flow more in the Holy Spirit is because we don't acknowledge that he lives within us. I don't hear God speak. Yeah, it looks like that too. There's a reason. And it's not because God's, God's angry with you or he says, right, that one, I'm going to give them four years in the wilderness just to teach them to live by faith. No! It's because we don't acknowledge Holy Spirit in our lives. He has recreated our spirit. Ezekiel says, I'm going to give you a new spirit. So that means, listen... The fact that you have a new spirit means that you have the capacity to fellowship with Holy Spirit. The same capacity that I have. The same spirit. Whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We carry the same ability to hear the Holy Spirit that Catherine Coleman did, that the great men of God did, that anyone that you can think hears from God in a profound way. You have the same capacity, the same ability to hear the voice of Holy Spirit. There are no excuses. It's not that God's not speaking. It's just that we're not acknowledging that we have a renewed spirit. And that renewed spirit has the ability to communicate with Holy Spirit and to be filled with Holy Spirit. He's not outside there. He's inside here. So that means we need to slow down and develop the ability to look within and that takes a lifetime. I don't have time for that. Well, then you'll live a life without the Spirit. We relate to God through the tabernacle model and God relates to us through the tabernacle model. We approach him from the outer court to the inner court. God comes into our spirit man, and it begins to flow out. So Ezekiel says he saw a river flowing from the throne of God. And as we fellowship with Holy Spirit, spirit to spirit, he begins to flow out through our emotions, our will, our mind, through our physical body. Here's a little thought. Not all, so don't misquote me, but a lot of our issues with our emotions, our mind, and our will would be dealt with if we found where the river flowed from. Yeah. 
The river doesn't flow from the holy place. It flows from the throne of God, which is spirit to spirit. The life flows from the spirit. So you can't get adjusted in your mind without first stepping back and making sure there's a flow of the spirit to sustain the adjustments that come to your mind. The life flows from the throne of God. Holy Spirit flows from the deep parts of your spirit person. True transformation comes spirit to spirit, flows out of the, the holy, most holy place, through our soul, through our body, and this river then flows to all the places of the world, bringing life to everything that's dead. That's the Holy Spirit inside you. And as we fellowship with him, he begins to flow out of our spirit-to-spirit -spirit transactions into our soul, changes our mind. See, because we can't understand the word of God without the spirit. You read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, you're wasting your time. Sorry, he's the spirit of truth. It's like reading a letter, thinking you understand it, but not knowing the owner. And so we read the Bible, oh, that makes sense, I don't get much. Well, there's a reason. You, you've, you, again, you've, you've approached the kingdom through the soul and not the spirit. And the Holy Spirit breathes life on the word of God and brings revelation that transforms us. You and I have met people that know the Bible better than you and it pains. They can quote you the Bible, but there's no spirit to it. There's no transformation to it because that which is of the Spirit is from the Spirit. So Holy Spirit comes to dwell in me and we become very conscious of his presence, which is an amazing thought. I want you to say with me, Holy Spirit dwells in me. My Spirit is filled with his Spirit. And I'm going to acknowledge... His spirit, His spirit inside me, inside me. Every, day. every day. That's a great confession, isn't it? Number two. So the first point is, what's Holy Spirit doing? Well, the first thing he's doing is he's making his home in my heart. He's come to dwell inside me. It's a profound thought. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Think about that just before we move on. The God of the universe. The one that... When, when the word was spoken, brought it into being, has come to live in me. The odds are stacked in your favour. He knows everything, the beginning and the end. He has all ability. He's a creative one. He's the master of the universe and he's living inside me. Number two, Holy Spirit is filling me unto all the fullness of God. I'll repeat the words because the phrase is important. Holy Spirit, the second thing he's doing, he is filling me unto all the fullness of God. Let's turn to Ephesians 3.16. This is a great point. Are you ready? Yeah. Ephesians 3.16 says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Paul prays that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell, would settle down deep in your hearts through faith. To the end that you would be rooted and grounded in love. May you be strong to apprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. You ready? That you may be filled unto all the fullness of God. There's a number of different translations there, but I'm reading my favorite one. That you may be filled unto all the fullness of God. The work of the Holy Spirit is to form Jesus inside you. That's why he's called the Spirit of Christ. He comes inside you, and his job is to form in you the fullness of who Jesus is. That you would be formed and filled unto all the fullness of God. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to work in you 
to create a replica of Jesus inside you. That's his job. Filled unto all the fullness of God. The translators of the authorised versions a version staggered at what Paul said. No way, can't happen, too hard. So they wanted to tone it down. They translated this passage, passage filled unto all the fullness of God, into to be filled with the fullness of God. It sounds very similar. Filled unto the fullness of God, to filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with all the fullness of God is an easier matter. Because it's like getting a bucket. Pass me, got a cup there. It's like taking a cup and dipping it into the ocean and filling the cup. That cup is now filled with all the fullness of the ocean. Would you agree? Just play games with me now. Imagination. I've put the cup into the ocean. And now it's filled with all the fullness of the ocean. It's amazing. It's a filled, filled cup. It's quite profound. That's what the authorised version says. Filled with all the fullness of God. Hmm. The revised version says, filled unto all the fullness of God. So what they're saying is, I've taken the ocean, and I put all the ocean in my cup. Are you getting this? Filled with all the fullness of God. I've got a cup full from some of the ocean. Or I can be filled unto the fullness of God and I get all the ocean and I put it in my cup. And that's what Paul says. His prayer is for you that he would take all of God and stick it inside you. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's taking that which is of God and shoving it inside you. It's a pretty big job to take all the ocean and put it in a cup. Would you agree? Yeah. But it's a far bigger challenge to take all of God and put it inside of you. To be filled unto all the fullness of God. This is our destiny as our heir of God. The Holy Spirit would take of the vastness of God and put it in me. And then he repeats the cycle, rinse and repeat, takes more of God and he's putting it inside me. God does not come in portion sizes. Spiritual infancy settles on portions. This is, the, this is one of the challenges of the church is that we live in a portion mentality. We do that with finances. We have a pie mentality. All right? I can't be rich because that would make you poor. God owns a pie-making factory. You don't have to cut the pie. There's more. There's all. If he doesn't have it, he'll create it. He has the endless supply. Everything about God is more than enough. So he takes the loaves and the fishes, multiplies it. Everything about God is not portion size, but it's abundance. Yeah. Spiritual maturity occurs when we expand ourselves to accommodate the fullness of God. So we do that in our spirit. We begin to see that God doesn't just want to fill me, but he wants to fill me unto all the fullness of himself. Now I thought to myself, that sounds like a heresy. That can't be right. Was I suggesting that you could be like God? That you could be God? That the Holy Spirit would take all of God and put it in me, then I would be exactly like God. Wow, that'd be neat. But then I thought about it. Hmm. The problem with that is that God's not a notion. A notion has its limits. You can, if I keep pouring out the ocean one day, even if it's a cup of time, it could take a hundred billion years, but it will come to an end. But here's the thing about God. He's eternal. He's immortal. He's constantly expanding. And so the Holy Spirit for the rest of our lives will take the cup of God and dip it into who he is and pour it into my spirit and I will be constantly expanding, but I'll never catch him. Because he's God. Are you getting this? 
And this is what the Holy Spirit has promised us, that he would fill us unto all the fullness of God. And so we would no longer have a portion mentality to think that that's all I can have. I've got my deposit of the Holy Spirit, thank you very much. But the quest of the believer is to be constantly expanding unto all the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit is at work in you to enlarge you, to expand you. So the way of the wise winds upwards. It's constantly growing. The Bible says 30, 60, 100 fold. Not 100, 60, 30, 10. Because God is constantly expanding. So that means that my mind is expanding. My finances are expanding. My health is getting better. Everything about my life is increasing because I'm being filled by the Holy Ghost unto all the fullness of God. So I'm aware that he's in me. And now that I'm aware that he's got his cup and he's pouring it into my spirit, every time I pray in the spirit, every day, thank you, Holy Spirit, you're in me. Thank you that you're filling me unto all the fullness of God. And you open your mouth and he pours in some more right into your spirit and you're constantly getting bigger and bigger. Not decreasing, but increasing. More full of the Holy Ghost. More full of the fullness of God. More full of the nature of God. Thinking greater thoughts. Not decreasing, but increasing. If you're an old believer in the Lord, you should be mega big. Increasing, increasing, not stagnating, but filled unto all the fullness of God. And God says to his people, catch me if you can. Take as much as you like because you'll never catch me. Because I am, I am the God without any limits. He's the ocean that never runs dry. And we keep dipping, dipping, dipping. And you know what? The more we discover of God, the more there is. And I thought I had you cornered and covered. And then you surprised me with more, more, more. All right, here's the third point, and now I know you'll be ready. Holy Spirit has promised to lead me. I want to be led by the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says, this is in the Living Translation. If we are living now by the Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Every part. So I want you now to turn with me, this is our last point, to Luke 2, verse 41. This is a great passage. Luke 2, 41. When you've got... Now Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And Jesus, when he became 12, went up there according to the custom of the feast. The parents were returning from Jerusalem after spending the full number of days there. And the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. I remember as a young kid going home one night because we live, remember mum next door to a church, we had a manse called, it was manse, name of a house next to a church that the pastor lived in. And I remember hearing an almighty scream at night, it was pitch black because one of the people had left their kids at church and the church had been locked up and everyone had gone home and the kid had woken up and thought the rapture had come. <laughs> but his parents were totally unaware that Jesus had stayed in Jerusalem. Verse 44, they supposed that he was in the caravan, not one of our caravans, but caravan. And so they went on a day's journey. Imagine that, a whole day. Totally unaware that Jesus is not with them. We can't be good at everything, can we? <laughs> They'd gone a day's journey and they realised that Jesus wasn't there. Verse 45. And when they did not find him, they looked around with all their relatives, they went back to Jerusalem and they looked for him in Jerusalem. Verse 46. Then after three days they found him. In the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard Jesus were amazed at his understanding, his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Jesus said, Chill out, Mum. 
Mary said, behold your father. See, it's never changed. You wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> behold your father, and I have been anxiously looking for you. And Jesus said, why is it you're looking for me? Didn't you know I should be about my father's house? Holy Spirit wants to lead us. So what do we deduce from this? Number one, Holy Spirit had said, stop and wait. Jesus knew because he stopped and wait. waited. But Mary and Joseph had gone out on their own, not understanding that it was in the timetable of God to remain. Whenever you get ahead of God, you are going to end up agitated and upset. I can tell you that whenever you get ahead of God, whenever you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, whenever you say, right, time's up, we're out of here, I'm going home, I've been here enough, I've waited long enough, I'm moving on, moving jobs, I'm quitting, I'm moving here, and God hasn't told you to move, you will end up anxious and upset and blaming everyone in your life. And the real issue is you didn't follow the leading of Holy Spirit. He hadn't said to go yet. You got a bit antsy. There's things to do. Dishes to wash when we get home. Got to plant the veggie patch. Come on, Jesus. We're out of here. Mary and Joseph were still legally his parents. But in a sense, the presence of Jesus had gone. So you can be loved by God, chosen by God, kept by God, saved by God, apart from any of the works. So we're not saying, see, Mary and Joseph were still legally his parents. The relationship hadn't dissolved but there was separation of presence. So we're not talking here today that, that, that the Holy Spirit's going to leave you and fly away and you're going to be on your own. No. The Bible says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Amen. But there's a sense that of presence being separated that you're not aware, you're not functioning each day conscious of his presence. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and think, hang on. It's been a whole week and I haven't been listening to the voice of Holy Spirit. I've been doing all this and I'm out of step. Has anyone ever felt that? It's been a long time. I'm out of step with God. Paul says to Timothy, you've got to guard the good deposit given to you of the Holy Spirit. You've got to guard that. You've got to protect it. You've got to make sure that you're staying close to the Holy Spirit, being led by him. So just a couple of points on this story as we close about the Holy Spirit leading me. When you miss him, you will start to miss him. Too many voices, too much busyness, whole day's journey. They'd missed the leadership of the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden, they wake up one day and they think, oh, where's Jesus? They're starting to miss him. When you miss his leadership, you'll miss his presence. They went one day's journey, but it took three days to find him. Ever thought about that? One day's journey, how long should it take to find him? Another day back. So they're back at Jerusalem they still can't find him. It took two days in Jerusalem to find Jesus. I thought about that. There's probably a whole lot of reasons far beyond what I can see yet. But one thought is three days to find him. Three is always a picture of the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. They got back to Jerusalem, but they still know, didn't know where to look for in Jerusalem. Where else would he be? 
It wasn't at Joe's Cafe having a cappuccino. It wasn't doing a coffee crawl or, you know, the real estate looking for a, a good deal. He was about his father's business in his house. So we miss the Lord and we think, oh, oh maybe we should go back to church again. Well, that's getting back to Jerusalem, but you won't find the Holy Spirit in the church, per se. You'll find him in the secret place. Where do we find him? Where he's always been. And when they did not find him, Luke 2, 44... They went back to Jerusalem and they began to look for him. So when you sense his presence, not what it should be, you're starting to miss him, look for him. Look for him. Song of Solomon's, the bridegroom said, come. The bride said, nah, I like my bed. It's a great show on tonight. I'm not coming. That's what she said. I need my bed. I'm not leaving. I got my blanket on, my doona on. He says, come on, let's go and have an adventure. Let's climb some mountains together. She said, nah, <laughs> no way. I got my sleepy time in a chocolate royal. I aren't leaving. <laughs> no. And we do the same. And all of a sudden, he left and she realised, sleepy times are overrated. I'm feeling a bit, I'm missing him. I miss what I used to have. She went out, she began to look for him and she found him and she held on to him and she would not let him go. I imagine her scouring the town. She finds this handsome young man looking a little bit like myself. She says, there he is. She runs after him, she grabs him by the legs and says, I ain't letting you go. And we do the same with Holy Spirit. We look for him again. He's not hard to find. He's in the secret place. He's hidden within you. And we begin to look for him. And we find him. And we say, you know what, Lord, I'm not letting you go again. He says, good, I'm not going anywhere. I don't want to go another day without your presence. This is what, you know, and you, you, you're like this. You put your music on, you listen to some worship and you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit come upon you and you think to yourself wow this is amazing why didn't I do this earlier has anyone ever felt that it's like I, I need to do this again <laughs> you and me tomorrow and you think these are the most profound moments and yet we don't look for them as much as we should after three days, they found Jesus in the temple courts, sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them, asking questions. Holy Spirit, lead me. Instead of being rushed by people like Mary and Joseph was, Jesus is sitting there asking questions, sitting at the feet of the wise, talking, sharing backwards and forwards. Holy Spirit, teach me today. Leave me today. Take the position that Jesus did. John 16, 13 says, When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the truth. There is no truth without the Holy Spirit. Don't bother reading your Bible. It sounds really harsh, doesn't it? But... If you read it in your own strength, sometimes it does w more damage than good. Really, Andrew? Well, look at the scribes and Pharisees. They were the hardest to reach because they knew the most. And Jesus said, if you're blind, you would see. Because you think you see, you're blind. That's why Jesus healed so many people of blindness. One, because he loved them. But two, he was saying to the Pharisees, you're blind. All of Israel, you're blind. I'm here. And you want to crucify me. So we come to the spirit of truth and say, Holy Spirit, 
unless you breathe on this word today, I can't get it. I'm not designed to get it. Help me, direct me, lead me. It's the whole job of the Holy Spirit to lead us. If I lead myself, he will move back into the depths of my spirit and sit there. That's what's happening. If you open up your Bible, if you make your own decisions, he doesn't leave you. He moves back into the depths of your spirit and remains there silent. Think about that. Think about a treasure called Holy Spirit living inside you, Chloe. With all the resources, he knows the Bible. It's amazing. He knows, he knows everything about it. It's profound, isn't it? You've got Holy Spirit living inside you. Who's just waiting to speak, to direct. Everything brilliant I've ever said, every book that I've written that's got any, any sense of profoundness in it, is only because, and I can 100% say, because I've been praying and asking constantly, Holy Spirit, I need your revelation and wisdom. And I'll be reading the Bible and all of a sudden, bang, this thought comes. I remember one day sitting on a park bench and the Holy Spirit came upon me and all of a sudden I got the revelation for the gospel according to Noah. I saw the, the three layers of the ark. Boom, 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 boom. It all came from the Holy Spirit. It's like, just, just hold that thought. I began to write it down. Why? Because he just gave me a little glimpse of the ocean, poured it into me. So there's much more, son. But if I go into it in my own strength, I can read the Bible. And I've done this days where I've read it and I should close it. And I think, what was that about? Thank you. I've been disciplined, I know. Sometimes discipline's overrated if you keep doing the same thing and getting nothing out of it. Now, this is not a sermon to say, stop reading your Bible. It's saying, no, read your Bible, but read it in the Spirit. One chapter in the Spirit is worth a whole book out of the Spirit. Because yeah. the object of the Bible is not to finish it. It's to take the Bible and live it. His words are spirit and they are life. It's to integrate the living. We are living epistle. As I'm reading the word, it's, I am becoming part of what the word is. I become the word and the word becomes me. If I teach myself, he will just go back to the recesses of my spirit and said, when you're ready for some help, let me know. If I comfort myself and not let him comfort me, he'll just go back to the recesses and say, all the best, self-medicate all you like. But when you've done all the drugs and talked to all the people out there, come back to me. I've got all the answers. I can lead you out of every problem, every, every negative word, every lie, all the insecurity. I can get you out of that. Amen. I am the teacher. Amen. I'm the leader. So unlike Mary and Joseph, and you know, this is not a Mary and Joseph beat-up day. They were amazing people. But their story is an illustration to us that we can all miss what the Holy Spirit's doing and get out of step. And sometimes one day out of step with the Holy Spirit can have monumental consequences. It took three days to find him. So I want to walk in tune. I've made decisions out of the will of the Holy Spirit that's had consequences that I can't fix in a day. I want to be led by him. So we've learned today the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Then he fills us unto the fullness of the Lord. And then he comes to lead us and teach us. These are three things of a multitude of things that the Holy Spirit does. He is amazing. Holy Spirit is amazing. Say it again. Holy Spirit is amazing. Holy Spirit is amazing. He is God. God in three persons. Coming to live in us. The God of the universe. That created me. That created all the world. I sit at the footy and I look at all the funny people out there. You made that one and that one. And you, could, and you built them and you put a purpose and a plan for each person. What an amazing God you are. And you've humbled yourself to come and live inside me. I call him the unfair advantage in life. 
So we welcome Holy Spirit today. We're conscious of his presence. Benny Hinn wrote the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And the key takeaway of all that book is just to say, good morning. Be aware. Welcome him. Acknowledge him. That's the key. Begin to be aware that he's with you and he wants to lead you and he wants to speak to you. And you might say, well, Andrew, I, I don't even know. You talk about these deep, hidden things, that are all mystical. Can I make it really clear? It's not hard. If anyone makes it hard, the Bible says that you enter the kingdom as a child. If a kid can't do it, I don't want to know about it. It's going to be an easy entry point. Now, the kingdom is full of mysteries, but we enter as a child. And it's, the Bible says, be still and know I am God. So what do, you, what do I mean when I say find the spirit of God within? Slow down. Stop. For me, I close my eyes so I'm not distracted. And I begin to acknowledge Holy Spirit. You said that you've recreated my spirit and that you live inside me. So even with my imagination, I'm going to drill down to the depths of who I am and just be conscious that you are inside me. And I'm going to begin to thank you for that. And I'll slow down and listen. And even if I don't hear anything the first time, I'll come back and do it again. I'm beginning to deal with all the external noise of my soul, my mind, my will and emotions, and I'm drilling down deep into who the Holy Spirit is. It's a craft you learn. So people do it one to get much out of that. I write it. Really? So your father put you on a bike the first time and you rode to, to Queensland. No, you fell over. He held you. You practiced. And now you can ride a bike. Yeah. It's the same in the spirit. We learn the art of silence and stillness and tuning in. His voice is a spontaneous flow. It's like a river that flows from the throne of God. It talks about a flow. He's like a wind. The, the analogy is there's movement, there's flow. It's uncontrollable. It's like a fire that moves. So Holy Spirit is inside us. And as we tune into spontaneity, we begin to hear. How does he speak? That's how he speaks. It's the spirit of God. It begins, and we begin to get the th thoughts and flows. And sometimes the flow comes after we wait. You'll be walking down the street and a thought will come. So I was sitting on a park bench. I remember where I was at Noxo Zone. And a thought came from the Holy Spirit. And with that thought, a whole book I knew it was him. He just bang all over me. Began to talk. And one thought from the Holy Spirit can take hours, days, months, years to unpack with one thought. They're so pregnant, that thought, that we take what one thought is in the Spirit and to unpack that is immense. You get a knowing in the Spirit from one thought that that knowing that comes from the Spirit to the soul takes ages to unpack because that's what the spirit the spirit supersedes the natural one thought from god and the spirit has no bounds so a whole book that i wrote was from one glimpse does that make sense and that's how the spirit of god works it begins to flow through us so we tune in we learn the art of fellowshipping from the spirit He dwells in me, he fills me, he leads me. If you're listening to my voice, whether you're in the building, YouTube, Facebook, whatever means, and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord, the first thing to connect with Holy Spirit is to receive Jesus. Holy Spirit rests on the person of Jesus. You invite him into your life. You ask him for forgiveness of your sin. You take by faith all he did on the cross and make, you, make it yours. You say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Make your holiness. And the Bible says that when you, by faith, receive the work of the cross, Jesus' sacrifice on your behalf, the Bible says that you're a new creation. The Holy Spirit comes immediately upon your confession 
regenerates your spirit, makes it new, gives you the ability to fellowship with him. And he comes and lives in your spirit. He's the spirit of Christ. He manifests the Son and the Father to you. The role of the Holy Spirit is to make known to you the fullness unto all the fullness of the Father and the Son. It's his continual work to lead you, to cause you to become a son of God, where you would cry out, Abba, Father. He takes the love of the Father and the Son and he fills it inside us. So if you've never accepted Jesus, do that right now. And for those that have accepted Jesus, why don't we right now acknowledge Holy Spirit? He loves you. He knows when we miss it. But you know, he's, he's, he's not temperamental. And as we reach out and we look for him, he says, I'm here. Come, let's fellowship. Let's start afresh. Let's go deeper. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to do what you want to do this day. We acknowledge your work. We acknowledge your activity in our life. We thank you that you've filled us. We thank you that you live in us. We thank you that you lead us. And we are men and women of the Holy Spirit. Spirit-led beings filled with His life and His might and His power. Holy Spirit, we say you are welcome in this house. You are welcome in our lives. We give you the authority to lead us and to guide us, to speak to us. Quicken us now by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, we ask, Lord, quicken us, quicken us, quicken us, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Thank him today for all that he's done. Won't you thank him? Just thank him. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. For